0: This is episode number two of Meatballs for America. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending upon when and where you are listening. I am the Meatball. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. I'm just an average American guy speaking my mind out loud. Uh,. I'm going to start off today's episode, just like I did last, uh, a little bit about me, this way you could figure out what makes the meatball tick, and maybe understand how I come to my conclusions. Uh, I let you know that I'm of Italian descent. My great-grandparents came from Italy and settled in Philadelphia, and uh, born and raised in South Philadelphia is where I'm from to a couple of guys in the neighborhood who were up to no good. Now I think that's how the Fresh Prince goes. Now, uh, we basically just outgrew uh, our South Philly Row home. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Italians, but especially back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, they bred like rabbits. Uh, I believe my great-grandmother was one of 19. Uh, most of my aunts and uncles and grandparents had three to five kids, I'm number two of four. So we settled in Philadelphia, outgrew the row home, moved to South Jersey where I grew up. Uh, I still live close to where I grew up in South Jersey. I am the second of four, as I said. I do suffer from some of that second child syndrome, middle child syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I come from a great loving family who uh, are always there for you, wouldn't trade them for the world. They would do anything for me. I would do anything for them. Uh, for instance, uh, first grandchild born to my parents, there were 21 of us at the hospital for like 11 hours of labor, and I'm not saying 21 from both sides of the family, I'm saying 21 from my and my sister's side of the family, there were a couple others from the other side of the family, but, uh, we emptied the vending machine in the, uh, maternity ward, uh, and we were held. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's just the kind of people we are, we're all there for each other, um. I'm a what you would call a 4-for-4 four four guy as far as sports go. My four home teams, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Flyers are my four favorite teams in their respective sports. I'm a big football and baseball guy. Hockey, I'm not a nut about, but I'm a solid fan. Basketball, to be honest, I, I could take relief. I watch marquee matchups and the Sixers when they're in the playoffs. Otherwise, I barely even look in. Uh, before we get into the crazy stuff, uh, let's start off with a joke. I used to tell jokes all the time. I used to love this joke, too. It's an old joke that I told a lot. was one of my favorites. I uh, haven't told it in forever, and I am telling it to a microphone and a screen alone, which I've never told a joke this way before. Let's see how it goes. So there's this nun, and she's hitchhiking on the street, got her thumb out. Guy comes around the corner. He sees her, pulls over, he picks her up they're driving along, and he's getting all fidgety and nervous, like he's got something on his mind, and, you know, finally, he has to speak, he says, sister, I have to ask you, please take no offense, but you may be the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life, do nuns ever have sex, the nun turns and looks at him, she says, well, my son, I am not offended, thank you for the compliment, and yes, nuns do have sex. We don't advertise it. But as long as the man meets three rules and regulations set forth by the church of God, we will have sex. Well, a guy. He's stunned. He looks over at her and he says, well, sister, he says, out of curiosity, he says, what are these rules and regulations? She says, well, my son, the man must be Catholic. I am a Catholic nun and I must stay within my religion. He says, sister, I'm Catholic. She says, oh, my son, that is very nice. He says, what's the second rule? She says, well, my son, the man must not be married. That is adultery. And the church is completely against adultery. He says, sister, I am Catholic and I am single. What's the third rule? She says, well, my son, the man must have no children by any other woman. Because if he has children by woman." He is married to that woman in the eyes of the church and it's adultery again. He says, sister, I am Catholic. I am single and I have no children. Would you be? And before he could even finish, she was like, yes, pull over. So they're making out it's getting hot and heavy. And she says, wait, wait, wait. He says, what, sister? What? She says, we cannot use the vagina. I'm saving that for when I cross the pearly gates. He says, no problem. Turns her over, he does what he's got to do. A little later on, they're driving along, they're dressed. He's pouring down with sweat, he's He's, guilt-ridden, he feels awful. He turns to her, he says, sister, I have a confession. I'm Jewish, I'm married, I have four children from three different women. The nun looks at him. She says, well, my son, I'm not that disappointed, for I too have a confession. My name is John, and I'm on my way to a costume party. I love that joke. I used to tell it all the time. I hope it came across good on this. Who knows? Let me know. Email or by phone. 307-363-2669 is the phone number. So uh, we're going to get into Kyle Rittenhouse in a minute. First thing I'm going to do is read the first ever email to the uh, Meatballs for America show. So stay tuned for that. Alrighty folks, I'm going to read the first ever email sent to the Meatballs for America podcast. It comes from a gentleman named Zen. I believe that is his pseudo name as Meatball is mine. If you want to use a pseudo name when you either leave a voicemail or when you email, feel free to do so. Sometimes it's a little easier, being honest, when it's not necessarily you. Anyway, this man known as Zen. Zen, welcome to the show. Thanks for emailing. He went on to say in his email. I don't truly have an opinion on the case, and even though the country's eyes may be on it, mine are focused elsewhere. My thoughts from what I know of the case are short and simple. Should he have been there? No. It's a classic case of fuck around and find out. I think he went there looking for an altercation of some sort and got more than he bargained for. He shot a pedophile. Hey, man, I'm cool with that. Self-defense? Too early to clearly say yes or no to it for me. He does have the right to defend himself from harm. I totally agree with that. Leads back to the question of why were you there? If he wasn't there to begin with, there'd be no need to defend himself. That's the end of Zen's email. Um, I am going to cover a lot of this in the body of my next segment because I'm going to talk a whole lot about the Rittenhouse case, the trial, the verdicts, and reactions. But right off the bat, um, he had every right to be there, as the rioters did. He had friends and family in Kenosha. That was fake news that he had no connections or had never been there before. Um, he didn't bring the gun with him. The gun was already in Kenosha at his best friend's house. That was more false news. I'm glad you know the one gentleman was a pedophile. Actually, all three men he shot were convicted violent felons. They had been convicted of violent felonies. Um so uh that's where I am with that. Uh I'm going to cover more of this in the body Zen. I hope you get back to me after you hear my responses and you hear what I have to say in the next segment. Leave a voicemail, shoot me an email. All righty. The Kyle Rittenhouse case trial verdict story. Uh whatever you want to call it and the reactions thereof. Got a lot you could cover in that, huh? Uh, Remember the uh, beginning story was a violent 17-year-old white supremacist, racist with ties to hate groups, armed himself, loaded himself up, drove across state lines to hunt black people and the people who were supporting the BLM peaceful protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin back in August comes out not one iota of evidence that the gentleman has ever researched white supremacy or hate groups or racism that he has any propaganda or reads any articles from him that he's affiliated with any groups the kid actually was a member of the police explorers club he was enamored with police wanted to be a policeman trained as an EMT, was working with his local fire department uh, and learning things with them uh, at the time. Uh, he just seemed like a very civil, service-minded person. Uh, as far as traveling across state lines with the gun, first of all, the ominous, he drove across state lines and hunting people. Him driving to Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is across state lines, is like all of us over here in South Jersey going into Philly. It's the neighborhood. He drives there all the time. They said he had no ties and no roots there. He had, All of his friends and all of his family lived there. Um, in fact, the gun that he didn't bring across state lines was always in Kenosha. It was purchased in Kenosha and stood at his best friend's house in Kenosha. That's why all those weapons charges over state lines dropped, gone, bye-bye, adios. Because it was a false narrative, just like the racist white supremacy false narrative. They destroyed this poor kid's life, and there's still a lot of them screaming it over lies. Why did he go there? He was asked. He was asked. They were soliciting neighborhood watch groups, even local police departments, and concerned citizens They were gathering up people and telling them to take arms and come help us protect Kenosha. Because for three days, they were burning, looting, stealing, and rioting. He went there as a trained EMT to help. He armed himself because it was a war zone. I think once he got there, he was in way over his head and he was a scared kid. And these three criminals, which is what they were, they did not allow that in the case. We'll get to that next tried to take advantage of him. And they didn't know what they were getting themselves into because he was prepared to fight for his life. So the three gentlemen who heroically were marching for BLM, these guardians of what's right for America, um, one was a convicted pedophile. He had charges of rape and molestation against him for five from five boys between the ages of 9 and 11, spent time in jail for those offensives, was in fact released the morning of the shooting from a criminal mental health facility uh, where he's being evaluated. This is the man, Jeff Rosenbaum, I believe his name was, who they said Kyle chased and hunted. In court, the film showed Rosenbaum clearly chased Kyle Rittenhouse. When you're hunting people to kill them, you always run away from them before you turn and fire. That's, that's the way you hunt, I guess. The second gentleman that he killed, uh, the story is the man only had a skateboard and was swinging a skateboard at him. Well, if a grown man hits another man with a skateboard, he can kill him with that skateboard. And notice the story is he was swinging a skateboard at him when before he got shot. <laughs> Somebody swings a skateboard at you, you defend yourself. That's self-defense. Uh, the third guy who was shot but did not die and lived... Um, he testified under oath that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse did not fire on him until he raised his gun, pointed his gun at Kyle, and advanced on Kyle. Sounds like self-defense to me. What do you think? Uh, but now you still got people shouting and screaming how unjust a verdict this was, how it's stacked for white people. They don't even know the case. And I'll tell you what, mainstream media and the woke are going nuts over this. You got Cuomo. He's the uh, predator governor's little brother. Uh, those two make Italian embar- being Italian embarrassing, don't they? Anyway, you got Cuomo. You got Joy Reid, the most inappropriately named person in America, and Tiffany Cross, just to name a few. There's some newscasters who are fit to be tied because uh, whenever they don't agree with a verdict or something in America... It's broken and it's racist. And and that's where they went with this. Tiffany Cross on national television is still calling Kyle Rittenhouse a little murderous white supremacist. You know, I'm paraphrasing a little, but she, those are her, that's her description of him. And she also cried out, how could he be walking the streets? She also mentioned that the halls of Congress are filled with high-fiving white supremacists who get to make the laws and hold black people down. Uh... Because, again, she doesn't agree with something, it's racist, and Whitey is bad. I hope she finds herself on the end of a large losing civil lawsuit. Because, once again, there was absolutely no evidence or nothing connecting Kyle Rittenhouse to white supremacy, hate groups, or racism. Not a single search on his phone, let alone a visit to a site. No literature. No propaganda in any of his belongings or homes. No searches or anything posted on any phone or computer he had access to. It's complete, made-up garbage. Julie reheat her tweet, now this is an exact quote, the Republican Party is currently and knowingly harboring a violent white nationalist insurgency against the United States. Pass it on. That was her reaction to the verdict. Uh, because she got a lot of play out of falsely calling January 6th an insurgents. She needs a new one. She needs to get off television. She is out of her mind. She's a racial fire starter, and she wants nothing but to see whites and blacks hate and battle each other. The double standard in America is that she can white hate and bash unapologetically on national television night after night with zero accountability. If a white lady dared disparage blacks or black America the way she does with her rhetoric and false accusations, they would be fired immediately. Her, Chris, Tiffany, Lemon, they'd all be up in arms calling for their careers and jobs. Tiffany and Joy, by the way, both work for MSNBC, the only news organization in the world that got banned from the trial because one of their producers or reporters or directors can't follow rules. He decided he was going to follow the jury bus when they left the courtroom. Uh, Chris Cuomo, he quote, and I quote, he tweeted, Today's verdict is a stain on the soul of America and sends dangerous messages about who and what values our justice system was designed to protect. We must stand unified in rejecting supremacist uh, vigilantism and with one voice say, this is not who we are. No, we're sexually aggressive and manipulative and rotten governors like your brother. Shut up. You know, it's so hard to figure out which of these two comos is the biggest idiot. I mean, they are both Fredos. Actually, you know what? That's a big insult to Fredo Corleone. I apologize, Fredo. You're not as bad as those idiots. Chris, Joy, Tiffany, see here in America, you are innocent until you're proven guilty. If you are charged with a crime, you face a trial where 12 jurors of your peers hear the evidence, deliberate on the evidence, and then they render a unanimous decision to be found not guilty or guilty. All 12 found him not guilty. See, that is the American way. It is the greatest, fairest system in the world. And as Americans, we respect and accept the jury's verdict. Period. The end. You can only accept verdicts you agree with and trash our legal system and the process whenever you don't agree with a verdict. I hope all of you get sued, actually, because you're destroying the kid's life on falsities. And then we have John Blake, another uh, black man who hates America and feels he's been oppressed and held back, and they all are. Um... He wrote an article, uh, it's got big uh, headlines splashed all over CNN's website. He describes himself as a senior journalist for CNN on his Twitter feed. But uh, his article is titled, Nothing is scarier than an angry white man in America. And, you know, he's got pictures of angry looking white men, people from January 6th and whatnot. Uh, There was an angry man in a red SUV Sunday night in Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, I bet you John won't write about his race because uh, he was a black man. Uh, none of these so-called reporters reported on any of this. They didn't mention, they barely mentioned the incident when they did discuss it, but they didn't mention the suspect's race. They didn't mention the suspect's criminal past. They didn't mention the suspect was out on a $1,000 bail. And actually he was charged $1,000 bail. A lot of reports are saying he only posted 500 for an incident that happened November 11th. Uh, where he got into disagreement with a woman in a, woman in a parking lot of a gas station. Um, and he, she wouldn't get in his car or something, so he punched her in the face, which knocked her to the ground. He then hopped in his SUV, the red SUV, the same red SUV he used to kill five people Sunday, injure a bunch more, a couple of which are holding on to their dear lives as we speak, uh, and ran her over. So he got caught and arrested for that, and... Uh, he was able to post, uh, they requested $1,000 bail. Most of the stories say he actually only posted 500 But he posted this bail he got out in enough time to kill those five people Sunday night, the, uh, what was that, the 19th. Uh, it's insane. But they don't report about that. Now, what I suggest you do to these guys, they all have Twitter accounts. When you hear anything stupid they say, tweet them. Let them know what they said stupid. Don't threaten them. Don't call them names. Don't use their hate on them. Just say, hey, I think you're lying. Or can you support that? Or like I said to John Blake, if a white man wrote that story, nothing scared in an angry black man in America, not to mention a bunch of quotes from his article, you'd be the first one to call for his job, wouldn't you be? Give him, you know, let him, let him know how you feel about those things. Um, I also tweet uh, our president at at P-O-T-U-S uh, two or three times a week, too. You know, I let him know what a great job I think he's doing. <laughs> what a joke. Uh, but that's the one nice thing about Twitter. Uh, I'm sure they all got handlers who actually handle and read those accounts because there's no way Joe Biden writes any of that stuff that gets posted. Way too coherent and well-written to be him. But uh, if enough of us tell them, they're going to start talking to the, to the people whose account it is, I believe. But enough about journalists because we don't even have real journalists in this country anymore, to tell you the truth. Even worse than that woke media though are the woke politicians. These are elected American figures, and they're publicly voicing disdain and questioning the honesty of our legal system. I mean they just they just rally up this division and this outcry and this hate for everything that is standard America and been America for years. They cover it in racism and they make everything about it bad. Uh, As much as I hate to admit it, I have to at least give the president some credit because he did say uh, that this is our system, and he acknowledged the jury came to a verdict, and we have to respect that verdict. Later on, he said he's angry too. Uh, Obviously, he had to throw his ridiculous sense in, but at least he supports the American system. Not like these other elected officials who, uh, you know, They're elected to represent America, the Constitution, and support everything in America and the American way. Um, It's all right to not agree with it all and try and change it, but you don't publicly denounce it as they did. But AOC, Kamala Harris, Gavin Floyd, and a host of other politicians um, who are, uh, once again, elected to uphold the American way have all publicly rebutted the validity of the verdict and have all put down the... American legal system, claiming it is biased, racist, and unfair. P.S. By the way, there was a black man on trial for murder last week, too, who claimed self-defense. He fired at police, was on trial for murder. He claimed self-defense, thought he was getting robbed. He got not guilty on account of self-defense. Nobody tells you about those kind of cases, though, do they? Why can they denounce and question the validity of our judicial system? But if you question anything about an election in the United States that the Democrat won, you are a conspiracy-laden nutjob. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way it is. You had the mayor of New York, uh, Mayor de Blasio. I bet you they're happy he's gone in January. Um, he tweets out, Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum are victims. They should be alive today. The only reason they're not is because a violent, dangerous man chose to take a gun across state lines and start shooting people. To call this a miscarriage of justice is an understatement. Now that's an elected official talking about the United States legal system. I'm sorry Mayor de Blasio. As an elected official, regardless of your political affiliation or your personal beliefs, you don't get to decry the American judicial system when you don't agree with the verdict. You can Disagree with the verdict, but you don't call it a travesty of justice and a failed system, especially when you don't know what you're talking about, sir. So that's all we're going to do on the fire and brimstone end of today's show. Alrighty, righty, so uh, I'd put the question out there, how you feel about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I got that letter from Zen. Zen, thank you for writing in. Uh, I hope you listen to my responses, and I hope you re-respond uh, so we can open up a dialogue, either by voice or by email. Again, the Meatballs for America podcast can be reached at 307 363 2669. That's the voicemail. Fortunately, you got to let it ring five times. Haven't figured that out yet. Uh, Or you can email me at Meatballs for America, all lowercase and the number four, at yahoo.com. Meatballs for America at yahoo.com, 307 363 2669. That's how you get in touch with the meatball. Leave me a message. So, uh, As the title of this episode implies, I'm still figuring this stuff out, don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I kind of figured out the voicemail, I think I actually am going to be able to record and play them on the show, so I put a question out there. Talk about your favorite athlete and why as a kid, and uh, I got my first two voicemails for the show. Coffee sip, sorry for the dead air. Uh, I'll start off with mine, mine's Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan. Uh, I was an eight year- old kid watching the Super Bowl 10 with my father and some of his friends. Believe it or not, I was a bit of a loud and annoying child. and uh, I did something. so my father made me sit on the couch, cross my legs, fold my hands, and be quiet. Well during that time, number 88 for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mr. Lynn Swan made, what I thought was the most amazing catch I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was incredible, beautiful, wonderful. Fell in love with football, the wide receiver position, Lin Swan in the Pittsburgh Steelers at that moment, eight years old. I still have the Sports Illustrated cover hanging in my TV room. So Lin Swan for years thought he was awesome, was overjoyed when he got into the Hall of Fame. So my favorite athlete as a kid was Lin Swan. So, without further ado, our first phone call. I am calling about my favorite Philly sports athlete. Chase Utley, by far, is my favorite athlete. He represents everything, at least this city used to be, about hard work, dedication. Quietly did his job and didn't say shit, just did what he had to do and did it as best he could do every day. Um, And, of course, he brought us our first championship in... uh, what was it, 28 years, I guess? So that obviously holds a special place in my heart as well. So, Chase Utley, by far my favorite all-time Philly great sports athlete. Bye. All righty, so we got a favorite Philadelphia athlete, Chase Utley. He was, in fact, the man. The way he stood at the top of the steps Uh, and watched batters and pitchers when he wasn't batting. I mean, his focus was unbelievable. I mean, you got to be given a good bit of God-given athletic ability to become a professional athlete. But uh, I think he's on the low end of the God-given ability, and he just made himself damn near a Hall of Fame player. I loved watching Chase Utley play. I really, really did. And Utley Rollins-Howard. Loved all three then. That 08 team loved the team. All right, we're going to get into call number two. So here we go. My second call. Yo, yo. So kind of a trick question because I had a few favorite athletes growing up. And the first one that comes to mind is Bruce Jenner, now Caitlin. And that's because he won the decathlon at whatever year Olympics that was. I was probably 10 years old, and I had a Bruce Jenner bike that I thought was awesome. He was on TV and Wheaties boxes, and, you know, he was Bruce Jenner, man. I'm sure I'm not the only one that was 10 years old at the time that thought that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Bruce Jenner, and uh, I'll leave it at that. All right, over and out. Yes, Bruce Jenner. I remember that red, white, and blue tracksuit. I remember throwing broomsticks in my yard to become a javelin player. Uh, he was a heck of an athlete. Hard to believe uh, that that man who looked almost chiseled out of stone and was probably the greatest athlete in the world for a short period of time is now a woman and mother to five beautiful women. <laughs> Just find it very hard to believe. Uh, but yes, Bruce Jenner, I remembered a bike. I believe my neighbor had one. It was either that or the can Knievel bike because that was red, white, and blue to do also. But uh, Bruce Jenner, definitely a great athlete, definitely idolized him for a while as a kid. Well, that is going to be my show for the week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something about the Rittenhouse case. I hope you'll chime in either by voicemail 307-363-2669 or by email Meatballs for America at yahoo.com, all lowercase and the number four. You can look for me as Frank Talker on Facebook or Meatballs, the number four America on Twitter. Also at MBS for America. Everything's capitalized up to the M. But look for me. This week, well, today is Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so I want to wish everybody who listened and everybody out there a very happy, healthy, safe holiday. Get ready for Christmas. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your meal. Give me a call. Let me know what your favorite concert was growing up. We'll play a couple of those phone calls next week. Take care. Meatball out.